The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to Intuitive Connections, where spirituality and psychology meet to help you be your best and brightest self. I'm your host, Victoria Shaw, and in each episode, I'll help you to awaken your own inner wisdom, step into your power, and live a more divinely inspired life. You're here to let your inner light shine. Are you ready? Let's do this. So welcome, welcome, welcome to Intuitive Connection. Today we have another amazing guest, Rebecca Schisler-Marshall. Rebecca is a PhD and is an integrative wellness expert and also an associate professor at the University of Georgia. And I invited Rebecca on the podcast because I was so excited to discover that there was another kindred soul PhD out there who was still walking the talk of that scientific evidence-based lifestyle, but also willing and able to tune into her intuition. And so Rebecca, welcome. I'm so excited to learn more about you and the magical things that you do. Oh, thank you so much. I'm so glad to have met you and connect with you. And I'm glad to be here. Yay. So Rebecca, tell us a little bit about what you do and how you came to be doing it. Yeah, I am, as you mentioned, I'm in academia. I've been at the University of Georgia for 20 years now, and I've been studying, started with mindfulness and yoga, but that's what I kind of merged into more integrative wellness now of more than just that. Started studying it with individuals who have had stroke, but I'm also studying a lot more with the students and the faculty and the staff and just, you know, women in general, women who have health issues. And I've brought together a lot of different areas because of this, like mindfulness is wonderful. And I found that it wasn't enough and yoga is wonderful. And (laughs) it wasn't enough that really intuition and connecting with guides and shamanism and life coaching and Reiki and nutrition, all from what I found were crucial in my own healing and the more I worked with clients, the more I saw there was this bigger picture that was needed for women to really have health and well-being. I love it. And you are a professor of, if I remember correctly, speech pathology, right? Correct. Yep. I am in the communication sciences and disorders program. So that's why working with individuals post-stroke is that a lot of individuals who have had a stroke have language loss afterwards. So I originally, that was my area of people with aphasia was looking at, well, how can we rehabilitate language kind of outside of the box of just looking at language? So I looked at working memory, which is why, you know, my degree is in experimental cognitive psychology. So working memory. attention, those areas, it was like, well, how can we apply this to help actually to bolster language? And then I started seeing, oh, well, 
you know, really the way to change attention is through mindfulness. There's so much amazing evidence on how it, that's used as a intervention or treatment. So that's how I got started in it. I love that. And I love how you followed all of those threads to get there. And we have a shared background in cognitive psychology. And when I first talked to you on the phone and we were getting to know each other, you didn't believe that I was going to know what cognitive psychology really was, did you? But in fact, in fact, I do. And that's what I studied as well, memory and attention and reasoning. So it's so cool, again, to find a kindred soul. I know in shamanic traditions, Oftentimes people find that path of becoming a healer or a shamanic practitioner, because I know shamans often don't call themselves healers, by having a healing journey of their own. Was that your experience? Yes, it was. <laughs> there's a reason it keeps showing up in those cultures is because, you know, it, it's true. It happens over and over. Yeah, I actually had a series of health issues that kind of brought, you know, this integrative wellness to my attention. I was a Big Mac hot dog croak slurping kind of a gal who was extremely stressed out <laughs> until really graduate school when I couldn't ignore, gosh, there were so many things. I had irritable bowel syndrome. I had migraines. I, a little bit later was diagnosed with polycystic ovarian syndrome, but I also had a car accident. And that was probably the final thing of like, okay, I really have to pay attention. I had a very big car accident that flipped my car over and sent it into a ravine and and walked away from it with only soft tissue damage, but it was chronic pain. And at 20, to be in your 20s and be in chronic pain is, you know, not something I was willing to accept. That's an amazing story. But when you were talking, I was thinking something else. And that is that migraines, polycystic ovary, like all of these things are so many things in our culture that we just accept. So many people just, they go to the doctor, I have this, okay, I accept it, I take this medicine. I have this, I accept it, I take that medicine. And, you know, to get to that holistic place, sometimes the poop really has to hit the fan before you're willing to step out of the box and go, wait, is there more? And so it sounds like that's how it was for you. And what were the kind of first steps to the more for you personally? Yeah. Well, I think the more was kind of like, you know, I kept asking, you know, what do you mean? There's many doctors would say there's really nothing you can do about this. You just have to take this pill, right? That was kind of the the answer is take this pill and good luck. (laughs) (laughs) And I said, there's got to be a better way. And so that began really my journey of looking at, well, what are the alternative ways of looking at it? And so, you know, it began with mindfulness and with meditation and with acupuncture and nutrition, how changing diet can affect uh, migraines, how changing diet can affect polycystic ovarian syndrome. And really it shifted not only, you know, my own health, but it shifted the way that I was thinking about health, you know, thinking before I had to go to a doctor and I had to find out what to do from them and then realizing, oh, they have a certain set of answers that are extremely, you know, informative and helpful. And it's not necessarily everything. I love that. And somehow you found your way to shamanism. Yes. (laughs) I'd love to hear more about that. I discovered shamanism 
do my graduate work. I mean, I already knew what it was, but I actually was so blessed to take a class, an advanced multicultural class when I was getting my master's in counseling, where you know, we studied shamanism, we studied indigenous healing practices with that idea that counseling was a part of that tradition, whether we recognized it or not. And that was so powerful and important to me. And I'm so grateful for that experience. But I know everyone doesn't get an experience like that, because most of what we learn in graduate school has nothing to do with that. So I would love to learn about your story. Yeah, that's so, I love that you learned that in school. (laughs) Yeah, no, I do too. And I'm so grateful for that experience. And again, I knew what it was, but to do my first shamanic journey in a graduate course, you know, it was amazing. And I just, I love that people are finally out there teaching, look, shamans have been doing this forever. That's, you know, we're, that's our lineage. That's where doctors come from. That's where every healer comes from at some point back in the history, all that began with shamanism and understanding what we do now in that context. And also understanding that there are still shamanic practitioners, you know, in indigenous cultures and all over the world, it was a game changer for me. And it also, of course, helps me when I want to incorporate these things into my work. I can always say, I learned that in grad school. Right. That was part of the training. It's not right. just some yeah. other thing off on the side. Yep. My, and you know, it's interesting because I did not have that experience in graduate school. And so it really is the kind of the final piece in all of the healing that I've been doing over the last 20 years that in the la- really only about five years ago, I was made aware of it. And I think I had kind of heard little bits and pieces about it, but it really wasn't like, oh, I need to study this. I need to learn more about it until five years ago when I was actually exploring to do life coach training or not. And the book I read by Martha Beck called Making Your Way in a Wild New World talked a lot about shamanism and my body was literally vibrating while I was reading the book. And it was like, I, how do I learn more about this now? <laughs> like wow. right now. <laughs> what a powerful signal. And I love that when our intuition works that way for us and something resonates and you just know, right? In every cell of your being, you know, this is the direction I need to head in. I love that. Yes. Yeah. And it was, it was extremely helpful to have that, as you're saying, like that intuitive part, I didn't really have as much access to that. I think in graduate school, very heady, very mind focused. And it wasn't really until I learned more of the mindfulness and the more of the yoga that I could open to listening to my body and receiving that for me, I get a lot of my intuitive information actually either from my body or auditorily that I'll get that clear audience information that way. And the body is such a strong, intuitive vector or vessel, however you want to put it. And I think what I love about the body signals too, is that, you know, if it's, if you're getting a message in your, in your head, you could, you know, it's hard sometimes, sometimes you're like, is this wishful thinking? Is this my fear? Is this, and I, and I teach people how to discern that. But when you're getting a body signal, you, it's usually something you can't make up. Like you can't force the chills. You can't force the tingles. You can't force that full body. Oh my God, I have to do this. Right. It's just, it's so primal. And it's so true. And the more we get in touch with that, plus I'm sure, you know, as a healer and from that, you know, healing, helping journey that when we get connected with our bodies, our health and our life improves. 
Yes. And that, I mean, I think that's what my body was trying to send the message with all of those illnesses. It was like, hello, I'm here, wake up and pay attention to me. And it, it just took that kind of different catastrophic pieces happening for me to wake up and say, oh yes, I'm listening. Yeah. And it often does. And I would love for you to tell the listeners in case they don't know a little bit more about what shamanism is and how it works for you and how you use it. Yeah. So my experience with shamanism is that it's really just being kind of the one who walks beyond the veil, right? The person who can connect with spirits and just bring back the information, almost like a translator. So My work is often when I work with clients one-on-one or in groups is to be able to connect with guides and either bring back information, which the guides are always able to gather, you know, some sort of information, but also the guides will do the healing work for me. So I always say I'm not the one doing the healing, which is, you know, it is kind of hard for me to say I'm a healer. It's well, no, I'm a conduit. (laughs) I connect with the healing spirits, the helping spirits, but they do lots of different things. In shamanism, you know, there's the extraction of energy. So we all are made up of energy and sometimes we pick up other individuals' energy that doesn't belong to us. And um, my helping spirits help to remove that energy. And that can look like depression, anxiety, stuckness. A lot of people refer to it that way. Or even health conditions. Right. So that's like one area. And then there's also an ability to return soul essences. So when there's been a challenging or traumatic experience is that the shamanic practice believes that a soul essence may go into hiding until it's safe. And so my spirit guides can help identify where those are and bring those back. And again, then my job is to facilitate that. I'm just a facilitator. There are all sorts of other places that shamanic work comes into, but often it's that, you know, the simple way of saying it is just that connection with the guides and seeing what are we missing? So there's ancestral work, there's connection with the elements, there's connection with, you know, so the elements are fire, water, air, and earth. Those all are, in a sense, guides and spirits of their own and can help us to be more well balanced in this life. Like those guides are here to help us. They're just waiting for us to ask and connect. I love that. It's so powerful, so important. And I know like in my own work, I have no shamanic training at all and never felt other than the few journeys that I have done have felt called to that. I have my own little anti, I have to do everything my own way, but that's just my own little thing. But I also (laughs) know, you know, there's so much parallel. I mean, there's so much overlap and parallel between what we do. And sometimes, you know, language is so tricky because sometimes you'll be doing energy work. And there are times when I'm working on someone's body or working on their energy and I'm using my hands. And so it feels like I'm doing something. But I recognize in those moments, I'm still the conduit, you know, something else, another force is helping me to move my body and I'm participating. And then there are times too, when it's, I had this happen today where I was like, okay, I'm going to put you over there 
for the guides. You and I will keep talking. They're doing their thing. I just find it fascinating. But I also find like the issue with language sometimes is, you know, it's easier to say I'm doing this. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we have to remind ourselves and I have to remind my clients, you know, I'm not really doing this. I'm participating with, you know, the greater forces that are allowing this to happen. Really, if anyone's doing this, you're doing this. But we're all sort of coming together to create the space in which that healing and transformation happens. Right. It is such a co-creation and it does involve, you know, one of the things I like to do with my clients is just, as you said, it's really the client doing it, right? I'm just there to kind of, again, facilitate the connection or begin the connection. And I hope to be teaching them these skills so that they walk away with their own connection to the spirit guides, right? That they can say, Hey, what's going on guides? <laughs> you know what's, what's happening? Because I actually celebrate when someone's like, you know, I haven't needed to come back. It's yeah. like, yes, that's it. That's what yeah. I want. Yeah, I think sometimes professions, healing professions are based on that scarcity mentality. I know standard counseling sometimes not always is based that way, where, you know, there's this idea you have to come every week and you have to, I don't know, that's enough for most people. And, you know, I always think that I am here for you when you need me come and go, you know, visit as many other practitioners as you want to visit. You'll know when to come, you'll know when to leave. And because I don't own you and I'm not supposed to. And again, the goal is for my clients to have their own resources. And look, I still work with people. I still have my support team. I love doing work. I just love it or not even work, but I love feeling supported by other practitioners. Yes. But I always feel empowered in the way that I do so. And I think sometimes the way our medical profession is structured and even the way some counseling professions are structured we inadvertently take the power away from the patient or client when you know our job is really to connect them with their power and help them rediscover it yes yes and i think that that empowerment piece is exactly like this is one of the things that i've been talking about to anyone who will listen about the healthcare <laughs> industry is it's like this is the problem is we we have that external piece of well someone has to do it for me and what I love is being able to help a client see that there are things they can do for themselves, that there's that. And that's exactly what I want, as you said, of, yeah, you, yes, it's okay to be supported. Like, it doesn't mean you have to do everything yourself, but that you are sovereign, right? You can have connection with guides and you can come get support from me. Like, yeah, all of that instead of, well, there's only one, there's only this, you know, only my counselor, only my doctor, only my, you know, whatever Reiki master that can do this. It's all of us have the ability and which is why I love that you include that intuition piece to it is we all have that ability to tap into it. It's just being able to be taught that it's just be, <laughs> I'm trying to think of a word that I can't come up with. No, I love it. But yeah, it's just having that information given to us that we can be educated around how to do it. It's so funny. Cause you're making me think that when I first put together my coaching website, which was about a year ago, cause I've always been doing the counseling piece, but I redid my coaching website and I had a a PR company and like a coach helping me to do it, which she was fabulous. And I'm so happy with how it came out. 
But the first advice she gave me is that, you know, you have to speak to people's pains Mm -hmm. and, you know, you have to tell them what's wrong with them. So they'll want to come work with you. And I was like, I can't do that. You know, I can't do that. I can tell my story and I can do a lot of things, but I want the first thing that people to see when they come to my website is how strong and beautiful and powerful they are. And so if you come to my website, there is a, I don't know how to describe it, but there's like one of those, it's like words that come up and it's, you know, you are powerful. You are lovable. You are because I want people to start from there. And of course, there are times in our lives when we don't feel those things. And I would be lying to myself and you if I said that 99% of people do not come to, to a counselor or to my coaching or to the work that I do because, you know, because they're happy as clams and nothing is wrong. There are some people that are just fascinated and want to grow and learn more. But many people are coming and doing this work or beginning this work because they are in a place of discomfort or a place of crisis. Mm -hmm. But I want to play to people's strengths because that's what I want to foster in my clients and in myself, right? I mean, that's what we're really here to do. Right. And I, what I love about that is you listen to what was true for you. Yes. Right. And it's not, you know, in this entrepreneurial space, it can look like, well, you have to do this and you have to do that or in academia, right? Well, you have to do it these ways. And the reality is, you know, what's true for you? What is your intuition saying? What is your inner self wanting and connecting? And there may be times when there's a little nudge, like, I know your inner self wants to be on the couch and have a cookie, but (laughs) (laughs) But maybe there's more there, you know, but, but for the most part, when we listen and we're tapped in and centered and connected, resourced, right, then we can gather that information of, no, this feels true for me. I want my clients, the first thing they see is that they are love, they are light, they are all of that at the core. Yeah, I think it's so powerful and so important. And you're making me think too, I had the beautiful experience and I'm a lifelong student and a geek and a lover of school. There's no question about that and a lover of learning. But I got my first graduate degree right out of college. So my PhD, I got that, you know, 20 to 25. And then I went back to school to get my master's. And I'm so glad that I had that second experience because going to school as a 20-year-old was all about making myself fit in Mm -hmm. and trying to perfect myself so that I could fill in, you know, check all the boxes that my graduate program and that, that whole track of life was asking me to do. And as it turned out, I realized through that experience that being an academic psychologist was not what I was going to do with my life. But the second graduate program, I knew exactly what I wanted to do. I knew exactly why I wanted to do it. And I knew I had to do it on my terms. Yes. And it was such a magical experience. It doesn't mean that there weren't times that I had to do things, you know, that were annoying or take tests or, you know, tell the teacher what they wanted to hear, although not so much, or, you know, do work when I felt like lying on the couch eating a cookie. (laughs) But, you know, it was so empowering to have that second degree for me as a 40 year old woman who kind of knew or almost 40 when I started, who I knew a lot about myself and and what I wanted to get out of it. And it was much more of an empowering process. And I loved both experiences. But yeah, I think I think counseling masters wins. And I work with so many teenagers now, Mm. you know, I find more and more they're starting to have those experiences, they're starting to wake up so much sooner than we did. Mm. And it's so magical. 
what a great opportunity you're giving to them, right? An opportunity for them to wake up earlier instead of, you know, I feel that same way. I kind of woke up in my, I don't know, maybe late thirties, right. early forties of like, oh, wait, you know, hold up. Cause I was super young. I was 26 when I got my PhD. So I was Right. You know, I feel like I was just a baby. <laughs> yeah. And you're like really good at what you're doing. And your professor said you should do that. And you're like, yeah. well, I love, I love doing this. Let me do more of it. And then for me, I woke up and I was like, I don't like this as much as I thought. Yeah. But, you know, life works that way. I don't regret anything. I'm loving this conversation, but I'm, I'm mindful of time. Before we wrap up, I really want to share with listeners just a little more concretely. If someone wants to work with you, what does that look like? Yeah, that that's actually a really great question. <laughs> it seems like a simple question, but one of the things that I do is usually people who come to work with me complain of being stuck in some area that there's some sort of health issue sometimes, but I also work with also work with a business coach because people who are stuck in their business, they usually have some sort of um, energetic blockage yes, that when cleared, then they're like, oh, I can do those things or ancestral lineage or, you know, all sorts of good stuff that needs to be looked at. So people will come to me saying I'm stuck in a particular area of their life. And what I do is I pull together all of these pieces. So I was trained in mindfulness, yoga, shamanism, life coaching, Reiki, nutrition, right? So a wide range of places. And I look at the five wellness bodies that everyone has, the physical wellness body, the emotional wellness body, the mental wellness body, the energetic wellness body, and the spiritual wellness body. And those five wellness bodies together, I assess each one to see like, where might there be something off? Are you eating Pop-Tarts for breakfast and, you know, wondering why you don't, you know, have an energy slump at 10 a.m. and not able to do your work or, you know, are you not moving your body or is there an emotional piece that happened when you were seven, eight, that we need to go back in time and actually in shamanism time is not linear. So we just kind of step into that eight-year-old self and heal that energetic disturbance or emotional disturbance, or, you know, can be working on the thoughts, beliefs that block us, or it could be, you know, breath work using breath work or using mindfulness for stress, like so many different ways, or the shamanic experience of bringing in energy clearing or soul retrieval, all of these pieces together get tied up basically just based on that assessment of, well, what's needed? Oh, and my guides will say, you know, at first it's about self-love. Then we go do an energy clearing or first it's about the mind. Then we do a soul retrieval so that it's really guide driven, but it's based on those that framework, I call it the centered wellness framework and those five wellness bodies make up the centered wellness framework. Wow, that's amazing. And I'm just curious, this is a curiosity question. When you talk about communicating with your guides, do you do that in a journey? Do you just do that? Do you do that with the clients? Do you do that on your own? This is just a curious, I'm just curious how you work. Yeah. So it's interesting. Usually what I do is I journey before I meet with a client. So a client will send me, you know, I'll have them fill out a little questionnaire and I do a journey based on what they've sent and what they've said they 
you know, what they want. Like, I really want to move forward in my business, or I really want to get rid of the migraines. And the guides will, it's so interesting because the guides will either sometimes will give me very concrete things. Like it's all about nutrition and I'm like, oh, okay. And then we start talking and I'll ask questions and find out, yes, that's <laughs> usually the guides are 90% of the time. They're right. If, if there's something not right about the guides, it's because my filter was off. If yes, that makes sense. <laughs> yep. That's what I teach. And I want to pause for one second in case people don't know what a journey is. Cause I don't know if we defined that yet. Oh yes. Thank you. Yeah. My understanding is you go into sort of an altered state and in that altered state, you connect with the guides. Is that how you describe it? Yeah. Yeah. It's basically, you're just activating the theta waves in the brain. So an altered state, which can be done through either listening to drumming or some people do it through dancing. Some people do it through listening to rattles. For me, I will do sometimes with drumming, but there is something about actually there's a certain process where it's actually easier to just step in and do it without the drumming for me. So, you know, I'll journey before, meaning I just basically go in to this invisible world and connect with my guides. That's basically what it means for me. Got it. All right. That's pretty much how it works for me too. That's so interesting. And for listeners out there, is there a book on shamanism that you particularly like? I know a couple, but I would love to just stick one in the episode notes if you have a recommendation. Yeah. You know, the books that I love, I love Sandra Ingerman's work and her books on shamanism. She has a bazillion of them. It seems like I know soul retrieval is one of the ones that is fascinating. And she also has one called medicine for the earth that I love. Those are great suggestions. And that's where I would have gone to. All right. As we wrap up, Oh my God, I'm so excited to learn more. Maybe we'll have to have you on again, but (laughs) in the meantime, tell people how they can find you. Yeah, you can find me. My website is centered you at centered you.com. And you can learn all about what's going on. Uh, I actually have a podcast called whole body upgrade. And that's available on the website too. You can also find me on Instagram and on Facebook. My business is called centered living, but I have so I have centered living on Facebook and centered you on Instagram. Same thing as my website centered you. And I have all of that in the episode notes. She has an awesome quiz on her website that I was doing at the 11th hour. It was so much fun. So check that out too. And I'll have the link to that in the episode notes as well. Rebecca, is there any parting words, anything else that comes through that you'd like to share with listeners today? I just want to thank you so much for this conversation. I love that you're making the conversation about intuition just so normalized (laughs) because it's what we should all be doing. I love it. I think so. For me, it was the key to everything. And I'm so glad to have found a kindred soul who speaks the language of cognitive psychology and everything else that I do and that we do and spirituality. Oh, I'm just so happy to have this opportunity to connect. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us today. I hope that you found joy, strength, inspiration, and clarity from today's episode. If you'd like to learn more and connect with an amazing group of like-minded souls, please join us over on Facebook in the Intuitive Connection Community Facebook group, where we explore these topics in deeper detail, have additional live teachings, and 
host Facebook Lives with our amazing guests. I hope to see you there. And of course, if you want to learn more about me or the work that I do, please check out my webpage, victoriashawintuitive.com. Thank you so much again and namaste. Hi, I'm Liz Winter and I have been a medium and a spiritual development teacher for over 30 years. On my podcast, All Aboard the Medium Ship, I want to share the message with you that there is a wealth of love and comfort available to you from the spirit world. On my podcast, you can experience this comfort and peace for yourself through gentle guided meditations and helpful messages. Make sure you subscribe and follow so you never miss an episode. Part of the Mind Body Spirit. .fm podcast network